Hello, and you're very welcome to the Turnout Podcast at this late hour of a Tuesday night. Well, well, who thought that result would come? A extra time victory um, for Dundalk in the quarterfinal replay against Finn Harps. I certainly didn't see it when we think of everything that was happening at the start of this game with COVID outbreaks, with an injury list piling up. I certainly didn't see this. I suppose two other people who probably didn't see this coming and who are joining me tonight are Donald and the Democrats, Niall Newbury. Gents, I'm nearly flabbergasted. This, this is, Donald, you've even gone backwards from some fine liquor to just the tins of harp tonight. Yeah, no, look, this is, uh, this is what was required, I think, tonight. Uh, whiskey is for incredibly sad nights. And harp is just for you know good old fashioned Oriel nights. So you know yeah. that's what tonight was. <laughs> um, I did get asked Donald where you had disappeared to last week. I told him you were on a, a, a dry out week, so we we can't have you drinking every week on this week. Yeah, I think it's going to take more than a week as well. So uh, that's what that's what that's what Christmas is for. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, Donald, I'll come to you first. Then just the, the results, the, the team performance. Like, how do you sum all that up? Um, well, you've got to go back a bit. So I was worried going into the game earlier in the week, or earlier in the week, say over the weekend, of what mm-hmm. the reaction would be after the um, given two goals away at the end of the game Friday night. And then I was worried when there was talk of COVID outbreak in the squad. And then I was worried in the stand, watching, like before the game started, because of COVID or uh, just oh, everything. <laughs> I was getting the whiskey shakes. Um <laughs> I had, uh, 15 minutes into the game, got even more worried because we were was it 15 minutes we were losing? I can't even remember yeah, five what minutes it was that long ago. Five, yeah. So there was just worry and worry and worry and worry and worry. And then all of a sudden the lads just put in a performance. Um they worked incredibly hard like each each and every person on the on the pitch worked incredibly hard and um, and it paid off they um, got a really good goal before half time uh the penalty i can't i to be honest i can't even really remember what happened for the penalty i know it was ben amar, ben amar brought down it was it was the stonewall yeah yeah we're, we're, we're okay yeah. with that yeah and then a free kick that I'll probably watch another 500 times um, tonight. <laughs> so, look, it's just like we, you put it on Twitter earlier on, I kind of forget how to do this. I kind of forget yeah. what it's like to have a match where we've won. Um, <laughs> it feels like it's been so long. Um, but no, it just, just, you know, it just felt good. We should just enjoy it. Exactly. I think Jane was worried about your worry levels there at one stage. Um, Niall, I'll come to you before we start picking apart the game, but just like your, your overall thoughts on the performance time. Yeah, I'd echo a lot of what Donald's just said there, you know, and for a season that's kind of been riddled with, you know, cataclysmic failures. It's, it's, it was definitely, you know, a nice treat for, especially with the majority of supporters returning to Ori Park tonight as well. I thought it was a nice it was a nice element to it too and the atmosphere i think the fans definitely made a difference and um, mm-hmm. there's no question about that and there was actually a lot more supporters there than i was probably expecting um 
I think that made a huge, huge difference. And yeah, yeah echo what Donald says. I think that obviously you're thinking, five, what was it, four or five minutes into the game, and five, yeah. Sean Boyd, yeah, Sean Boyd, who was our tormentor in Bally Buffet four days ago, pops up with it. What a third goal against him. I, I, I think somebody beside me was talking about the minutes because he scored two in the last five minutes. Um, in three the first and game, ten, and then, then in total. So yeah, three. So if you're going to cut the two games, it was a ten minute hat trick. Like so, you know. Um, <laughs> but. He obviously went off, like, and he must have picked. He must have been. He must not have been fully fit because it would have been absolutely insanity to bring him off. Because I don't think the mm-hmm. dog were able to deal with him throughout the book throughout both games. But we got a sort of an or, an, or, an unorthodox sort of goal on thirty nine minutes. I think um, it was a like Hoban sort of an acrobatic assist, and mm-hmm. came from a, it, it all came from a Duffy throw in. And you know, Murray just comes in and slots home. The penalty, yeah, I have to say, like I, I, I didn't get a good view on, on, I didn't get a good view, of, a good view of it from where I was, but then I saw it back on the monitor, and you know, Webster mm-hmm. definitely sticks, definitely sticks his leg out, and Ben Amar, um, you know, it's, it's, it's a stonewall penalty every day of the week. If you're not getting that, then I don't know. But with, with some of the refereeing decisions we've seen this year, you just don't you know, know sometimes, don't and not, yeah. nothing's really, nothing's really a given, unfortunately. So, um. Hoban, and in fairness, I think I do want to give Patrick Hoban a special mention tonight. I think, um, mm-hmm. you know, maybe he hasn't been as consistent over the last two years as we'd like, but I think tonight was the Patrick Hoban that we all know and that we all yeah. want to see, you know, really put his neck in the line. And I do feel that the supporters, you know, helped Hoban and other players to do that. And, you know, you know, he, he took the penalty. He's, he's, his his uh, success rate's quite good when it comes to mm-hmm. penalties. Rarely in doubt, you know, Doherty guessed correctly, but... You know, it was the same as the first game. I think, you know, it was never really in doubt. And then the third goal, Michael Duffy, I think everybody, including myself, and even though I'm not supposed to, you know, I think everybody was kind of off the seats for the yeah. for the third goal. It was just, you know, it was a it was a worldy, I think is what you call that. And mm. you know, you know, Doherty, experienced League of Ireland goalkeeper, you know, had virtually no chance. And speaking of experienced League of Ireland goalkeeper, I just I just seen one of the comments there referencing uh, Peter Cherry. And I actually yeah. it's funny, it's funny that was it's funny that because I did I did ask Vinnie Pert um after the game. Just Gavin Moran's comment there. Sorry, mm-hmm. I did. I did ask Vinnie Pert after the game. Um, well, you know, with ten league matches remaining, you know, Cherry looked very assured tonight, and he looked very confident, and he showed all of his all of his experience. Distribution may might have been a bit better, maybe, but you know, when we're comparing that to what we've had, yeah. I think you know, it's I think um, yeah, very much so. And I think you know, he commanded his box. He done the simple things right tonight, which hasn't been a given this season with Dundalk, and. I asked, I, I put it to Vinny, um, is there a chance that Cherry could, you know, nail down the number one shirt between now and the end of the season? Now, he kind of, naturally enough, I suppose, you know, danced around it and didn't really want to give a conclusive answer to that. But I'm sure the door's open for Peter to kind of do that. And I think Peter Cherry is, in my opinion, the best goalkeeper we have at the minute. Not wanting to write off Cameron Yates completely because we only, we've only seen him maybe yeah. once properly, you know. Um, but that one performance wasn't overly encouraging. And I think... Our friend Alicio Abibi. I think we all kind of, I think we've all kind of seen enough of him at the moment. So I think, like, <laughs> well, like, I, and I don't mean that in a nasty way. I yeah. just think you know, it's 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 very evident that I actually think it's probably more beneficial for him to maybe come out, yeah, yeah, gain his confidence back up on the training ground and then come back in again, rather Absolutely. than be being goal when you're low on confidence and you know opposition can see the frailties and and they were to be fair they were targeting. You could see it. You could see that corners they were loading in on the six yard box and on top of him, knowing that he's yeah, low in confidence. And that's that's not good for him. It was just a proper weak link that was exploited by pretty mm-hmm. much every team in the league this season. And I think the Sligo game 
pretty much summed it up there last week um, in in the showgrounds. You know, like I know we were talking about the Finn Harps game here. We don't want to talk too much about previous games, yeah. but like I just thought Peter Cherry, you know, I thought tonight really, he really sort of put himself in, in a good position, I think, in terms of because, you know, I because I, in the midst of adversity and injury crisis and COVID cases and all that type of thing, that was probably one positive in the team selection tonight was that Peter Cherry did look so assured and looked so confident and comfortable in that position. It's funny now you, you you name off a list of issues that could happen, and that was only this week in Oriel Park. <laughs> it's amazing. Um, now I'll just come to you on this point. I suppose when we're when we're looking at it, just because you mentioned it there about you know the the, the late the no the I suppose the news kind of started breaking yesterday that there was an outbreak there. There was for the players to be retested again. We're all starting to worry, knowing that we're down to nearly eleven players unavailable. And now we don't, we you know, we don't have the strength and depth anymore after, you know, Shields going and Junior, you know, leaving as well. We're kind of thinking to ourselves, you know, what sort of a team do we put out? And, you know, we we see Mayo and Dara Leahy as our, as our centre-backs. And, you know, you, you just mentioned Sean Boyd coming up, like the smallest of lad to see him paired up against Dara Leahy. Is, it, it was looking like a mismatch on paper. Yeah, and you know, obviously that was a concern. And I thought I'd, I'd like to give uh, uh, Mayoa a mention as well because I think you know he looked nervous at times, but he is only a boy. And I think in fairness to him, he did he grew into the game in the second half, and you know he he, just, he certainly looked a lot more confident in the second half. And um, whatever happened, I don't know, mm-hmm. but he certainly came into himself in the second period. I felt, and I thought like you yeah. know, he actually in fairness of what I've seen of Mayoa, I think he looks he looks a, he looks a decent player. He looks he looks half decent, so he could be mm-hmm. one for the future. Um, obviously Darrell Lee, he playing in an unconventional centre-half position is... I've, I, don't, I don't think I've ever seen him play there yeah. before. Or, um, and, you know, yeah, naturally, it, it was a bit of a struggle coming up against the likes of Boyd and, and uh, uh, Oalabi as well. I thought, you know, yeah. probably pretty much wreaked havoc um, up front. They, they played two up top and the two boys were just kind of wreaking havoc. And to be honest, I'd say Ollie Horgan would probably be slightly disappointed that they didn't maybe test us a bit more um, in that regard. Like, But, like, no, I thought, like... It was a, maybe that, and I, I think that happened earlier in the season. It might have been the Shamrock Rovers game. I think actually, I was on that night, um, mm-hmm. where there was such a depleted squad that maybe there was a there, there was a more of a, to, a togetherness maybe with, with, within the group because they knew they had to pull through and they knew they had to dig deep because we literally were down to the bare bones. You know, we we, we had nothing but youngsters on the bench. Now that being said, some of the youngsters are probably better than some of the players that we've played with most of the season. Yeah, do you know what I mean? In fairness, so I'm not I'm not um, denigrating the the younger players i think a lot of them have actually done really well yeah my was a good example of that tonight um, and they are players again like and at the end of the day there's places up for grabs there's 10 league matches there's a cup semi-final now possible cup final it's a yeah. chance for some of these young lads to sort of you know nail their colors to the master wee bit and try and try and sort of you know nail down a spot in the in the 11 you mm-hmm. know what i mean because let's be honest like i don't think there's any player really senior player that's you know that you'd say, yeah, he's a first name on the team sheet at the minute. Mm. Shields, Shields, maybe being the last one. Hoban at the minute with, with McMillan's injury, possibly in that category. Yeah, but I can't think of too many others who you'd say, yeah, they're they're serves to start every game. I think there is places for grabs for them mm. young players, and even some of the squad players who might come back. I think it was it was always a criticism before, you know, of, of all our success so that we never really tapped into local talent like this. So you know, you say it, yeah. it's. 
maybe it's just because of the situation, like you said, we're, we're put into, but it's, it, it's a strange one when you, you know, you know, you look at Mark Hanrady, I think Enda Douglas came off the bench as well today. So like, it's a lot of, these are minutes that if we had a fully fledged team that the boys wouldn't be anywhere near it. And you think how well my AO has settled into this team. And um, I think it was a galley last week or the week before says he's, he's got the look of a Carlton Palmer about him. And he definitely has in the second half um, of extra time. He, Cooley kind of collected the ball and brought it out with him. And you, yeah. you kind of look and go, you know, I didn't see this happening from yeah. a young player like that. When you think how he was kind of getting battered a little in the first half and you could see him, he didn't, you know, some of his clearances just weren't, he didn't quite um, maybe cleanly hit the ball to, to clear it out. But as the game grew on, his confidence grew all of a sudden. He was yeah. carrying the ball out and you just, you didn't think, you know, a 17 year old would be doing that. No, and that's what I mean. Seventeen years of age, like it's, you know what I mean. Like I, I don't yeah. even want to contemplate what I was doing at seventeen, but I certainly wasn't doing the things I he's doing. And, yeah, and like um, that's and that's, that's and that's what I was saying. Like he obviously was naturally, given his age, would have been probably would have been nervous at the beginning, but I thought he really, like you said, Chris, like he really, really grew into it and grew in confidence. And you mm. know that was definitely maybe possibly a coming of age for him tonight. You know that he really yeah. can, especially with the problems we've had at the back as well. Considering, do you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I think it's. It could really be. It could. It could turn out to be a very, very, very big night for that young man tonight. And I think you know he definitely did himself no harm whatsoever. Yeah, and um, Donald, just to 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 bring you back into the game again. I suppose you just you you touched on it yourself when you were remarking about the game. But five minutes in, and we see nearly another worldie from and from Sean Boyd again. We're thinking this guy's come back to haunt us again. But not only that, like the pass. Um, from Ryan Rainey into him was just sublime. Yeah, like he couldn't be any more on the money to split two defenders to give him a chance to get onto it. Was sublime. Yeah. It was an excellent ball and it was an excellent take. Um, it did. It just sort of highlighted a little bit what we were worried about with the two centre backs that we had. Um, now that ball could have split any two centre backs, but it was just yeah. you're just anxious about the two boys and to get caught out that early by and. It, an outrageous goal. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you're worried about the confidence and everything in them. But what was great was almost as soon as the ball hit the net, the shed just burst into life and song started and singing started. And it was like the best nights that I think the best nights we can always remember or we can all remember in Oriel are the nights where like the, your back's against the wall, like you're proper underdogs and it's a, it's a fight, you know? And it felt yeah. like that was the mentality that the whole place took on tonight. That it was just it was a real you know, cup atmosphere, though, wasn't it? Yeah, and it was like we know everything's against us now because I think the COVID cases obviously was like, I guess that's kind of out of everybody's hands. Like injuries and signings and all that kind of stuff, we can argue about. But um, the COVID cases are like, well, there's not a huge amount you can do about that now. So it was like, right, this feels like not rock bottom, but team selection wise, it can't really get much worse than this mm-hmm. in terms of who's not playing. And I think everybody had like the siege mentality of like, we're not just, we're not going to give up. We're not just going to take a one nil defeat or a two nil defeat. We're just like, everyone was going to fight. And it was the whole way around the ground. And I thought like the, I thought the crowd were absolutely fantastic. And yeah. it was great being in the ground again. And it, it being a full, but, uh, a hell of a lot of people there. Sounded full, if you know it what I mean. Full. It gave that um, atmosphere. 
if that might have just been Brian Gartland, you could hear shouting from uh, the stand uh, on the mics. I don't know if, if that came across or not, but um, I just want to give just a tiny shout out for Brian Garton going full um, bittersweet symphony at halftime. That when he left the stand to go to the dressing room across the field, there was some Finn Harris players in his way, and he uh, Richard Ashcroft some out of the way. Might have had a wee word with the referee on the way past. Uh, it was absolutely phenomenal. Um, you should have got Mickey Duffy to play a bittersweet symphony. That would have just suited it. <laughs> yeah, um, I think the referee was was actually thinking about booking him for it as well, which was amazing because <laughs> he was looking at him, going, "Right, but you're, you're not, not in the match day squad. I don't think I right, can. No, I just have to have a word with you. I can't actually give you a yellow card." Um, but it, no, it was just one of the, it, it. It was it was a really good night. I think everybody everybody in the ground deserved it. Um, and we'll enjoy it. And obviously, minds will turn to Friday night. Um, even minds will go back to the meeting because I know we're going to talk about that. And yeah. all yeah, of just this we actually have a couple of questions in there from Shane Kerr and I just asking about the meeting. So, um, but myself and Niall were, were at it um, last night. So we will give our opinions after. After eventually, yeah. it's like, I got you on, we're still 1 0. To harps here and you're already talking about friday will you let me go through the match first yeah. <laughs> <laughs> bye 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 <laughs> um just just before um now like i get back on to you about our equalizer it just it really shows a sign of the times there i suppose when when damien comes in with my oh actually for a man of the match tonight so it really says a lot yeah you know if, if you had said to me even when he originally signed his professional contracts with the club. Would, would, would we ever even have that this year? I would have said, not a hope. You know, never mind later in the seasons if he settles into the club and how it goes. So that, that says a lot about his performance like, and Absolutely, what yeah. people thought of it, I think, as well. Um, Niall, I think one thing that we've probably been a little critical of the team this year is we our, our pace has been quite slow at times. And, you know, we, we, we're very lethargic in our build-up sometimes to get in there that compared to Dundalk teams have been used to catching teams out a lot and switch and play very quickly especially the counter-attack play that we used to have we were lightning speed and um, I'm thinking back to and um, you know Daryl Horgan's goal against Cork that time to make a 2-0 sucker punch them out of that game that time but this throw-in from Duffy tonight had a small element of that is you know He's seen Huben run into the space when their defender switched off and we, we, we had the tenacity to, to put in an overhead kick assist that you don't often see. No. Yeah, it was just, you know, and like, and like you said, it was just that, that, that quick pinking. Do you know what I mean? And that's just something we haven't seen enough of um, in Dundalk this season. It's just, you know, having that, uh, that foresight to see, listen, I can see there's a situation here where we could find ourselves with a chance. Didn't see, didn't see it a mile away myself now. It was literally like, you know, it was like snap, snap, snap. It was just out of nowhere. And next of all, Murray's scampering in and just slotting at home. Um, but the assist, I have to say, like, you know, I, I can't, we can't really end this show without talking about the assists. Like, it was just, I can't remember. I Like, I've been covering the dog for a few years now and I can't remember ever writing about an overhead kick assist or <laughs> an acrobatic assist like this. Like, it's just, even in, even in the glory Stephen Kenny years, like, you know what I mean? So, yeah. Um, because I didn't really, I didn't even know how to write it. I was like, how do I write this? Like, assist you know of the year, just, right yeah, now. yeah. Well, that's one way of putting it. And it was, it was very, um, it was very typical of Patrick Hoban's performance tonight overall. I just thought, mm. like, 
he, he really was like the Patrick Hogan of old tonight and just rallied his team as well. And like, there was even one stage where like he was, I'm not sure which, it might have been uh, Siddiqui, I'm open to correction, but he was proper, like there, there, there was a bit of afters with something and, you know, Hogan was just proper getting stuck in. Um, there was a little bit from him all, all game between the two. There was a little niggle. And then after yeah. the penalty, you could see he was right back in his face. That's right, yes. So yeah. even, even, and people will say that's like sometimes a game needs that, and especially yeah. a cup tie. A cup tie against a really, really tough Finn Harp side who pegged us back there on Friday. And the two games had real cup tie feels to them. And it was a classic cup tie feel to it. Mm. And just having, you know, Patrick Hogan and Siddiqui, it was just, it was a complete cup match. And I just thought, like, um, but you need that, and I do think like the, the supporters, because obviously the, support, the supporters have been very vocal. Um, they've been very vocal on social media, and you know when you're in, in when you're talking to people in the streets and stuff like that, it's you know there's a lot of discontent at the moment. And tonight was great because my big concern was that we weren't going to get a crowd tonight, and you know we 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 actually got a good crowd, and it actually felt like it sounded like more. And yeah, I think that really played off in the players, and they really said, "Listen, we can't we can't mess up here because if we mess up here." We're going to listen to these boys at the end, giving yeah. a stick, and rightly so. Whereas in previous games, that that wasn't the case, and I think that really spurred the players on. And you could see Hoban getting stuck in. You could see every single player, like there, like there wasn't a bad performance tonight, really. No, no players, which so. is which is something we haven't really. Which is I don't I don't think it's happened at all this season, really. Maybe with the exception of maybe the, the Vitesse matches. Yeah. I don't think well, we can say well, that. Even Niall, if I if I oh. look at the comments coming in for our man of the match award, so there's a good few coming in for Pat Hoobin. There's actually some for Peter Cherry. We've seen Mayo in there. We've got some there for Sloggett. We've got some for you know, like there's actually a good range towards. I could have named maybe two, three players usually who who have yeah. actually turned up on the night. Um, Sean Murray there for another one named. You know, so it 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 goes to show you just mentioned that it seemed everybody had a good game tonight and it clears yeah it seems to be showing across the comments even here and, tonight and, and a lot of the comments are also for just you know the, the, the crowd turning up tonight and creating that atmosphere it made a massive difference it made a massive massive difference and i think even you know duffy duffy's a fantastic footballer but he, may, he maybe hasn't been we haven't seen vintage michael duffy this season let's just say mm-hmm. and I thought tonight, you know, it was, it was flashbacks from, you know, 2017, 18, 19 of Duffy. You know what I mean? It was just, yeah. he was getting he was getting in positions. He was running down the line. He was, he was taking the ball beyond players. The only, like, listen, we had issues because we, we had a very tired squad tonight. And yeah. that caught up with us at times. But you can see what they were trying to do for the majority of the game. And it was a lot more positive. The play was a lot more positive. And like you said, and I'm sure the comments will um, support that, as you said, that wasn't really a bad performance. And even young uh, Mayoa at the back, I thought he was outstanding. And he was a contender for man to match, in my opinion. Cherry, as I've already mentioned, yeah. was a contender. Hoban, naturally. I thought Murray was very good as well yeah. um, in the centre. So, or just behind the, the, the striker. So I thought overall it was a really, really good performance. And yeah. Makes a change. Bat, to, to, to have people yeah. up at a high standard. Like, I think we, we were complaining that maybe there was too many six out of tens, five out of tens, but I think you're probably talking more seven to eights tonight yeah. for a lot of the players. Yeah. Which, oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, I think that's um, something to be said. Um, Donal, I suppose if, if we go into the second half, um, as I mentioned, it looked like it, it was a Stonewall penalty um, that we had won. We're seeing, we, we only talked about Pat Hoobin and his, you know, increase in confidence of late. You know, he, he seems a more assured man, even stepping up for his penalties now. And 
I for one had the full backing of him when I seen him step up. I said, "This is this is us into the lead." Yeah, I remember like not that long ago. I think can't remember who it was he missed against, but he missed against somebody, and it was before we brought Patching back, mm-hmm. and Patching was scoring penalties every twenty minutes for Derry, and we were like, right when Patching comes back. He's on the definitely a penalty taker. And I don't know whether it was that, that when when Patrick came in, the Hooven was like, nah, I'm not. These are my penalties. And every single one of them has been clinical since. And yeah. um that's four you know, goals in three games, too. Like, yeah, yeah. And like his his form's been fantastic. It's not just like he's picking up a penalty and not doing anything else. Like he worked his bollocks off tonight. Like he really, really, really did. Curson's back because I'm on. Um, <laughs> but I promise that's the only one. But or maybe I've already cursed. I don't know. Um, <laughs> but no, he he's he looks like he's really up for it. Um, mm-hmm. And I think we've talked we've talked about it before. We um, we've definitely talked about it before. But about the idea that like he can be a very frustrating player to watch because yeah. of his demeanor, because of his mannerisms, because of when things aren't going for him you can really tell that he looks pissed off and that yeah. then bounces back out to the crowd and you're like, you look like you don't care, you know? And mm. I think, and like, like tonight, like Niall was saying, like that's like a vintage Pat Hoogan performance, that it's everything that you want from him and everything that you'd expect from him, that he was hassling people. He was, he was doing what uh, Roy Keane said Harry Kane should do. He was like knocking defenders over and standing over them. Like he yeah. was doing all of the prototypical centre forward stuff. It was brilliant. Um, and then yeah, the penalties. You're like not worried anymore. Like I was worried before for him taking a penalty, but I haven't been worried now for a little while. I've said worried a lot tonight. <laughs> Poor Jane's getting awful worried about you. <laughs> <laughs> Niall, is it is it just something we're seeing with patches? You know, you you. It's often said about confidence and strikers that that's what they feed off. Suddenly he hits a, a vein of form. Suddenly you know, like I said. We're not worrying about him stepping up for a penalty. You know he's going to convert this. He looks, he's got that hunger back in him. And then, you know, he's also given the captain's armband tonight and it seemed to really ignite him. Yeah, there, and that was another factor. Like, he was the captain tonight in Andy Boyle's absence, of course. And, yeah, I just think, you know, and, like, Hoban, like, there's, there's, there's absolutely no question. Um, I don't think you could question Hoban's commitment to the cause. I don't think that, like, I don't think anyone ever really could. And And Donald's point there was definitely worth listening to like sometimes his mannerisms can give off a certain aura where you're thinking oh he's, maybe he's throwing his arms in the air or maybe he's you know not all that bothered and but it's you know Patrick Hoban, comes in. yeah <laughs> but like Patrick Hoban is our record league goal scorer and, and yeah. we, we we shouldn't really you know get past that as either like and he's been here you know obviously he's well into a second spell now at the club and He's always scored goals, and I still maintain, and I, I do maintain that you know Dave McMillan is perhaps a better all-round player, maybe in terms of all the other stuff, the external stuff that a striker doesn't always need. But in mm-hmm. terms of putting the ball in the net, um, just, just just sticking the ball in the net, we've probably never seen a better striker, well, in my lifetime anyway, at, mm-hmm. at Dundalk. Like, um, and I think like, um, but yeah. Strikers feed off confidence, and I really do think, like Ellen's mentioned there, captain's armband, the crowd behind him, you know, yeah. he rose the to the occasion. Were, and, 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 and I can't stress it enough. And I, I know I'm like a broken record now, but the crowd were, were fantastic tonight. Do you know yeah. what I mean? To the point where I wanted to be over in the shed and 
I, I, I wanted to just close my laptop and say, you know what, I'm away, I'm done with this. Like, you know what I mean? Because because fans are back and we had so long with, you know, dead yeah. atmospheres and just, and let's be honest, like crap football for the most part this season as well mm. on the dog's end. And it was such a treat tonight. And it was an absolute privilege to be there. And it was, it was really like a vintage old style and dog performance. It was just, we dug in deep. We did what we had to do. We weren't always pretty to watch, but like we did what we had to do. And I just thought it was a very exciting night for people being there. And you, you could see, like I was in the main stand um, and even the people in there, you could just sense the excitement and you could just sense people were just happy going home tonight. And that's something we just haven't had at Orly yeah. Park in such a long time. And I thought Hoban played a massive a massive role in that tonight. And two, possibly two, things actually, two, yeah. two things on Pat and I, I was just thinking was I seen at times Webster and that were going in quite heavy on, on Ben Amar and, and Huben came to kind of step in each time, like I say, and don't yeah. mention it, you know, getting into their the, the defenders' faces and, and kind of yelling back down at them and mm. nearly protecting his players like you'd like to see from a captain. He really showed that tonight. But yeah. I think it showed his confidence for the third goal that, you know, he receives the ball back to goal, turns himself to face the right way, and instead of just passing the ball off, he actually wanted to bring it towards goal and ends up winning the free kick yeah. for Duffy. So like you wouldn't have seen that from Pat, I think, two months ago. He looked no. a frustrated player. He, you know, he wasn't getting the level of service he wanted. And, and one thing that that um Adrian Taft picked up on the commentary, every time we won a throw-in, Pat actually stayed in the box. He never came short for a throw-in to keep Webster away. You know, to keep yeah. Siddiqui away every time, it was like, you know, we need to spread this play a bit. And and he played that so, so well tonight. So you, you add in all those extra little factors and things that he done tonight, it really says a lot about his performance overall. Yeah, it does. It does. And I thought, like, and that's actually a great point you made there about him, you know, almost like coming to the aid of Ben Amar. Like, and, mm. like, that's the kind of thing we haven't seen all season from any of our players, really. Do you know what I mean? Like, we haven't seen that together. We haven't seen... The players playing for each other no. or the coach or the, or anybody not even themselves in some cases yeah and to see that tonight you know it was so refreshing because we just don't like it was just such it was just such a difference tonight i thought yeah the only, the only thing we want to see now is like obviously like and i don't want to be too negative because it's it should be a positive night but arguably the sligo game on friday is a bigger game so you'd like yeah. to think with fans back in oil park hopefully um that you'll see a, a similar performance that the players will actually, you know, let's follow because we've seen a few false dawns this season. We feel we've seen good performances this year in spits and spats, like you know, we've seen we've seen mm. that. I think there was the draw of the game maybe earlier in the year. There was the yeah. um there was obviously the European matches, particularly the the uh, 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 Vitesse. Like um we've seen in spits and spats there has been good performances, and we're thinking, we're always thinking, oh great, then dog it back now. We're gonna we're gonna push on and climb the table. And then the next week we lose, you know. I think I think I, I think I came on here actually at the start of the season. We just beaten Shamrock Rovers in Oriel Park and everything mm. was positive. And then the following Monday we lost five nothing or five one to Bohemians. To Bohemians, yeah. And the sad thing about that was I actually recall being on this show and nearly predicting that. Because <laughs> is right. I said yeah, it's ever like, not inconsistent that we could go out and get hammered by both. Yeah, and sadly that turned out to be the reality. And like this is the worry now. The worry for me is are we going to see a follow-up now? Because we haven't actually had two good performances on the bounce this season. We've had mm -hmm. some in spits and spats, but we haven't had them on the bounce. And I think Friday is going to be a really telling game. It could it could be the watershed moment we need for the season or the game to save our season on Friday now, because that could be the difference now between us climbing the table 
or preparing for a relegation promotion playoff. So it's massive. It's massive. And a cup semi-final as well to look forward to. That could be the tonic that the team actually needs in the midst of fans coming back as well. And maybe yeah. there is some hope tonight. It's probably the word I'd use. Maybe there is a bit of hope that yeah. we um that we do push on now. There's there's plenty of conversation on social media about turning points and and stuff in the season so let's let's hope it is don before we get to that turning point you know a duffy free kick and um, i said to you earlier on i i actually mentioned uh messaged james rogers during it saying i couldn't remember when our last direct free kick that we scored we, we believe it could be 2019 in waterford uh, yeah, 3-0 victory, which would have had that uh, absolute cracker from Jordan Flores that, that time as well, where he kind of teed himself up. So 2019 for a, we score a direct free kick. That's way too long. <laughs> yeah, those are uh, Cristiano Ronaldo numbers, aren't they? That, like we may as well just not take a take a shot with the free kicks anymore. <laughs> um, and it was such a that's such a brilliant strike. But um <laughs> my, my, my dad said to me. Uh, every time we got a free kick around the box, my dad said to me, Jesus, that's a massive wall. Like they had like four or five, six foot, seven, six foot, eight lads standing in the wall. Like, how are you supposed to get that? All lads for you. <laughs> yeah, monsters. <laughs> like, how are you supposed to get that over the wall and back down again? And it was just the right distance out. And it, oh, it was just an absolutely, absolutely brilliant strike. Um, and it, it was one of those things where it's like, right, we're 3-1 up with about 15 minutes to go. Uh, nothing can go wrong from here, right? We haven't been in this situation before, have we? No, not, <laughs> not against them in the last 48 hours. Like, that's, that's <laughs> not ringing any bells. No. But, um, no, it was just an absolutely brilliant strike. It was, a, um, it was a pleasure to be there to see it. Yeah, and I'll just before I bring you in on the free kick, just to just to say, um, you know, we we actually had one of the lads from Allergic to Silverware, um, Finn Harf's podcast was due to be on tonight. Now he is flying out to Dubai, um, probably like in the next few hours. So he extra time kind of killed him tonight, but he he literally yeah. messaged me saying three one up. This is a perfect place for us now. <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> it's funny that because. Yeah, it's funny that because I was thinking the exact same thing. And I actually remember saying to Barry Landy, who was just beside me in the press area, I said, we aren't safe yet for five minutes ago because, you know, this is the exact same yeah. situation we had on Friday night. And and, that, and that's probably and that's probably been the problem with them, Doc, throughout the season is like, even when we're 3-1 up for five minutes ago, we're, we're not really there. Like, do you know what I mean? No. Like, we're just not. like Because any, as, we, as we found out, sadly, last Friday, um, anything's possible. And, you know we're not really in a situation where we can see games out as well as we may be used to. Do you know what I mean? And, but like, you know, like I just think we did and we, and we ultimately got there in the end, but like it is, it is probably an indictment that, you know, as the dog supporters, we were kind of worried still until the final whistle blew, you know, like I, I I wasn't counting my chickens until like literally maybe the second minute of stoppage time there where I'm like, yeah, okay, we're not going to concede two now. Like we might, we we might fumble one to the net, like, but we're not, we're not going to concede two. So I just think like, that's just one of them things. And I think, you know, at least there was some sort of, you know, resolve tonight. And I think they showed a lot of resolve. They showed a lot of resolve tonight. And resolve that just hasn't been there. Um, well, I think when you see and, Mark Hanrady come off the bench and, you know, outpace a lot of the Finn Harps players and then decide, hang on a second, there's about five minutes left and head for the corner. I was like, oh my God, what if we actually, we're actually tactically running down the clock now. I didn't think we knew how to do this. Yeah. 
Simple things, like, like yeah. simple things. You want, and, and he wins a throw in right at the corner flag, yeah. like and these are yeah, and these are simple things. And football is a simple game when when you do it properly. Like, but the sad yes. reality is, like, we haven't done things simply throughout the season. Like, we've made like when I look back at some of the goals that we've conceded, and I was looking back at some of them during like over the last week, like, yeah. And it's just like the amount of points we must have lost, like, through just stupid like schoolboy <laughs> league. Actually, and I'm going to say schoolboy because. Schoolboy player, like schoolboy football, you know, is quite good. Like, you know what I mean? I, I don't think it'd be fair on schoolboy football to kind of. It's just, it's like. It's calamitous, if I, isn't it? Like, if I was playing a game down in the park with five sided me mates after having 10 pints the night before, that's the kind of stuff you'd see. Like, yeah. you know I mean? you, you'd be making those errors. Like, do you know what I mean? And like professional footballers shouldn't be making the errors that we've made throughout the season. But tonight was a massive difference. There was none of that crap tonight. I don't think we made too many mistakes tonight. We had a few yeah. hairy moments. Due to the lack of, you know, you know, we, we the set the team wasn't settled like, naturally, but there was a togetherness, and we didn't make as the mistakes that I thought we would have made. And just, just go back to that stat, by the way, um, twenty nineteen or last free kick, that's astounding, really. Um, <laughs> I, 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 I actually for that one, but yeah, no, I, I, I actually didn't know that. That's that's mm. absolutely amazing. So, um, yeah, like, yeah I suppose a long time coming. Like, yeah, I suppose that kind of sums up where we've been. Like, over the last, yeah. you know, 12 to whatever months, like, so, yeah, but tonight, you know, it was just so much, so, so much better, and I just hope, touch wood, that this is what we're going to see for the rest of the season, I probably just jinxed us all now, we probably are going to get <laughs> on Friday. I get worried that we got bows coming up very shortly after, this seems, I think, I mean, yeah, we got, and, that was also, and that was also a Monday game as well, yeah. as far as I remember, so let's just hope not, just don't yeah. have me on Friday. No, exactly, <laughs> exactly, Um <laughs> Jerry Malone just gave it the seal of approval for the performance, oh, then, so it had to have been. The one. And then we might, well, we might as well we might as well just end the show now because you can't <laughs> top that. If Jerry's saying, oh, look, that's it. If, if Jerry's it's saying we enough. played well, we must have played well. That's yeah. that's all I'm going to say about Jerry. Hope you're yeah. well, Jerry. Exactly. You know, when, when football royalty like that gives the seal of approval, it's it. But actually, Jerry's just teaming up for the next point. Uh, Donald, there was a little hairy moment where you know a deflected cross comes off the crossbar and then from the resulting corner you know cherry pulls off an amazing save there's a real scramble in the box it was hard to work out if the initial one um i was watching it on the stream even on the, the the replays of that it's hard to see if it comes off the post or cherry saves the first one but the second one in and amongst a crowd of players with a real strong hand he, he pushes it away i mean that's that's something that you that we really needed from our keepers this year is in a moment like that just to stand up pull off an amazing save and it, it really turned the tide in the night maybe yeah and there's a there's a lot to be said for again on a night when there was so many people in in the ground there's a lot to be said for the people in the stand and in the shade having confidence in who's in goals mm -hmm. um, and I, I think there's just a familiarity with, with Peter Cherry being there. It's like it's someone that everybody remembers great performances and everything from. So he seemed to give a bit of confidence to the crowd, which isn't something to be taken lightly. Like I don't know what the, yeah. the back four in front of him were like because they like those four hadn't played in front of a BBE or or Cameron Yates. So like it's not like mm -hmm. they had different experiences with a different goalkeeper. But one of the things that I heard the most on the way out of the ground was about, or one of the things that was talked about the most on the way out of the ground was about Peter Cherry and how yeah. that performance, like Niles asked um, Vinny about, like that performance, surely that puts him in gold for the rest of the season. And 
it's not to make it as, like, as simplistic as it sounds, but you, you <laughs> ask about like maybe he should have played a few more games. I don't know. Like I know we had like that one just awful day. Um, in Longford. In Longford, yeah. And yeah, I don't really think he got a chance after that. And yeah. I think when you put the scale of mistakes and keepers, though, you know. Yeah. And I guess you see, there's there's certain things that, that Peter Jerry was never like known for. Like he's not gonna there's a lot of times we'd say he won't come for crosses, and like mm. we saw it on um on Friday night, like people can win headers on the six yard line. And he hasn't come to get them. So there are things yeah. that like you would look at his play and think, right, well, we need to figure that out. But that's I think we said this about Abib at the start of the season. That's something that you just learn as defenders in front of him to know, right? He's not coming for this. We have to deal with it. Yeah. And you're well, there was one interesting bit though in I think it was the second half where a a, a, a fairly low drilled cross came in and it was kind of trickling across the six yard box. And my AO just kind of hesitated for a second and then he kicked it out. And Cherry went through him saying, I was there to collect it and I called it. Yeah. And you kicked it. And you could see they all kind of turn around and went, Oh God, there's a keeper yelling at us here at the back. Yeah. We, you know, there was nearly a surprise from them all going, Crap, he wants to control his box. We're probably not used to that. Yeah. And that's, again, like that's his experience. That's his experience in the league and in situations like this. Like he knows exactly what, what's needed at a, a time like that. And I, Niall, you mentioned earlier on about distribution. That would be, the other thing that I couldn't tell whether he was hesitant to throw the ball out to fullbacks or whether it was just not the plan to throw the ball out to fullbacks because yeah. they were there a lot of times waiting for the ball and he would like he would pump the throw and then pull it back and boot it up to Huben. So I didn't know whether that was he was being told Tactical not to, yeah, yeah, or or what the situation was. But he he didn't if it was him he didn't seem to have confidence in the two boys taking the ball and going up the field with it um, on the deck. So I don't know if that's something that they worked on or that they were told, right, let's just not put anybody in any danger. Because maybe that's, again, to do with the back four being uh, experienced in places that they were playing in and that mm. you don't want to have the the usual two centre-backs passing it to each other because someone could make a mistake. Maybe it was that. I'm not really sure. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Um... Just Eamon Collins asked um, about Stefan tonight. So um, touchy, go over and knocked. So that's that's him out. Sorry. <laughs> um, Niall, just we'll, we'll get to the, the next point. We were asked earlier in the night just about the um, supporters meeting last night. Uh, myself and yourself were in attendance. A um, couple of real wow moments coming out of the, the meeting. Maybe not that wow to to us who've been around the club for most of this year, but maybe to to, to a few others, maybe it was a bit of a, an eye opener to see how how far this this club can can fall, especially when it comes to us fans. But what was your takeaway of key points, I suppose, for the night? Yeah, first of all, I'd like to say I thought the attendance for the meeting was fantastic. I think we had seventy plus members, which was fantastic. Um, mm-hmm. I was expecting maybe less than that for the first meeting, but um, it was great to see people in person there really shown mm. that they care about the club that was fantastic i think that was brilliant and um, the, the the contents of the meeting and um, like i'm sure a lot of it's already kind of gone out today um mm. but look suffice to say look we already kind of knew where we were or, or where we stood as supporters with with peak six and um, we didn't learn anything 
we didn't really learn anything that we, that we didn't know in a sense but there was like you said a few moments where you're just like what is actually what is actually happening here like you know what i mean like it's just it doesn't make any sense like you know brendan ogle was sort of was communicating with with bill and the communications seemed to be quite uh, amicable for the mm-hmm. most part from from what it, from certainly from what he was saying and that bill had actually initially agreed to there was a television screen behind uh brendan and the rest of the uh, uh people the, the, the 1903 and um initially the plan was for bill to actually go on a, um, a, a zoom call and take maybe five questions from supporters and that was pulled very late in the day yeah. um for a start and i was thinking okay well bill and peak six have come out and said that initially that they've welcomed a supporters group yeah um, that they've welcomed this and that even gone as far as saying this should have been done long before we came into the club yeah. which is fair enough which is fair everything, yeah. everything that brendan fed back to the support group yesterday said the opposite to me that there's actually probably possibly an aggressive opposition to a supporters group being a form, be, being formed yeah there was also the absolute mess of the open letter saga yeah. where there are so-called lawyers um pulled the plug on that and then Brendan was more or less, you know, gobsmacked by this. He said, like, he was talking, he asked me, he said, like, there was nothing legal about this letter. Like, there was no legal, there was no worries. When any legal yeah, no legal ramifications. No, there was no ramifications. Just so everyone knows, so there was an, an open letter drafted between yeah. Brendan and Bill, was my understanding that they had communicated back and forth to address maybe some issues um, around the running of the business. Uh, running of the football club and possible future developments in and around Oriel Park. I think they were the three key issues that that Brendan mentioned that was going to be um, addressed or touched on in this open letter. But like you say, for whatever reason, the American lawyers have decided to put an embargo for one way to put it um, on this open letter coming out there. And like from, from your own point of view, like I suppose when we think about how, we, we've questioned a lot, Niall, about what, you know, we've had, I suppose, Bill come out and questioned they, um, they were maybe too negative, that they were not, you know, giving players too much of a hard time at this club, which, you know, I'm sorry, but it, this club comes with a lot of prestige and we, we expect a certain amount from, from people here at this club. Um, we're not saying that, that people aren't always to that level, but well, this is another little dig at us fans to yeah lock and, this is kind of nursing well actually and my and my response to that um to people who asked me about it um over the, over the past week or so um has been this and it's like i think his comments in relation to the fans are absolutely mind-boggling in yeah. terms of fans not welcoming players fans you know turning on players if anything the players this season have actually got it easy in comparison to yeah, i maybe think so. some par- maybe some part-time squads in the first division Lads who had to go to work the next day who were getting, you know, dogs abuse in the shed mm-hmm. for finishing seventh or eighth in the first division under Trevor Anderson. You know, lads who are going to work the next day. We're on a fraction of the wage that the boys that this year have come in are on. And there's been no fans, there's been no fans at games. No. So I'm not really sure that comment didn't really make it, it didn't register, it didn't make any sense. None of it's made any sense, really. And, and to not, not be able to address the fans then in an open letter is more yeah. something And the then wood. yeah, and then another factor yesterday was was that in fact they actually tried pulling the venue from mm. The 1903 they actually i think as late as five o'clock in the evening and the yeah. meeting started at half seven bear in mind yeah. that they actually brendan and the rest of the, the committee were actually looking at alternative venues naturally 
luckily enough, as Brendan said, sense, sense prevailed and mm-hmm. they ended up having there was absolutely zero representation from the Dock SE yeah. at the meeting, which really disappointed me. And um, I thought it was it shed the club in very, very poor light. And I think Would that have been an lot, ideal situation for a director of football to shed light on the direction of this club? <laughs> well, <laughs> yes, it would have been, Chris. It would have yes. been. But we, all, I think we all kind of know the situation there at the moment as well. And, mm. you know, f- from anyone who's read, you know, Paul Lennon's um, reports on the Jim Magilton saga, it's, you know, Jim Magilton, you know, it, that's just been, we can talk about, you know, we can talk about players coming in and, contracts and this kind of stuff like but the Jim Magilton thing is just astounding like yeah. really when you think about it because he's coming and Jim Magilton's a man you know I, I've had no issues with Jim Magilton personally and um, I found him quite entertaining actually when, I, when I've spoken to him um, to put it mildly like and yeah. like but like he, he was obviously brought in to do a job and um, he was in, like the problem is like we're talking about Vinnie Perth we interfered with last year you know with team selections and but when even Jim Magilton a man of Jim Magilton, let's be honest, like with the greatest respect to Vinny and some of the managers who've come in, like, but somebody of Jim Magilton's profile coming in, and the fact that even he was interfered with and not allowed to do his job. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm kind of laughing here because you know, if if I didn't <laughs> <laughs> Good to see I'm you didn't laugh. drink yours. <laughs> oh, it's empty. I'm kind of laughing here because it, it kind of you kind of have to in these situations because it just is so bizarre. But the, 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 but yeah, the fact that there was no representation from the club yesterday, like and even Holzeiser like, could have been on the screen. I don't see any reason why he couldn't have been. Yeah. One of the excuses I tried to use was because oh the meeting was meant to be on Tuesday and now it's been switched to Monday because of the cup replay. That's a total cop out as far as I'm concerned. Mm-hmm. Mike Tracy is back as a consultant. You know he's been very vocal on social media for a long time. You know he was notable. He hasn't said a whole heap in the last while. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Um, and there's other people. You know, there's other people. And I think for me last night, one of the greatest or one of the best or biggest takeaways was, and it's something we all kind of know, and I've touched on it myself, possibly on this show and other places, was that from Brendan's correspondence with Bill Holzheiser, he, he, he made it very clear that in his opinion, and Brendan's a very, you know, experienced and formidable trade unionist. Like he's had a yeah. lot of discussions with people and he's been in a lot of places where he might have been welcome. And he, he's, he's been through all this stuff before, I'm sure. Yeah. So he would know people and he knows how things work, right? And one of his ta- one of his comments yesterday was to him, certainly from his correspondence with Bill Holzeiser, was that Bill was then um, not the man calling the shots. Yeah. And that resonated with me. I've touched on it. It's absolutely no secret to anyone. I'm not going to mention any names in this podcast, obviously, but it's absolutely no secret to anybody at Ori Park um, that there's other people involved for want of a better for his. Um, in the going on in the going ons of the football club. And I think I think Brendan who, who may or may not have things, Two things seem clear. Um that Bill is the line of communication, but Bill is not the decision maker yeah. of the club. Yeah. Pretty damning. So make of that what you will. Yeah. Make of that what you will. Like I'm not suggesting anything. I'm not I'm not insinuating anything. I'm just saying that you know mm-hmm. I don't think I think people who have spoken to me in town who you know people who have, who have spoken to it and they've all raised these concerns with me personally yeah um they a lot of people are of the opinion that bill yes is bill to blame of course he is he's absolutely accountable but there's what i said in the past is that there's more than one person accountable for this it's not the book doesn't stop at one man here no. and yesterday only demonstrated 
um, that they have absolutely zero interest in me or you. They have absolutely zero interest in collaborating with a supporters group. And they've absolutely zero interest in taking any accountability for what's gone on in the last 18 months. Now, the problem with it is, yesterday, we all knew the peak six ownership was a disaster for the last while now. Yeah. Yesterday, it just reaffirmed that. Mm -hmm. as, far, as, far as, as far, unfortunately for us as supporters, as far as an ownership goes, it really hasn't gone 30 seconds without making a show of itself. Like. No. And that's just the reality. Yeah. Um, and it's just, it's just one thing after the other with it. And, you know, the, the people can say what they want. There's just no point because that's why a supporter script is so important. I think people need to really get behind it because, um, and it was very encouraging to see the people there yesterday really enthusiastic about this, really wanting to protect something that, that belongs to the people of this town now. Yeah. You know what I mean? That these people have come in and let's be honest, have, I'm not saying deliberately, but the net result is they've decimated the place, like really. Like, and, I, and like I said on the show a few weeks back, if a, if a, if a supporter of a, of a rival club with a few quid to spare bought the club with intentions of running into the ground, like, they probably couldn't have done it in they half They couldn't have done it this way. Yeah. <laughs> That, you that, could have turned a whole happened, yeah. a whole fan base against you so quickly, could you? Yeah, and like to be honest with you, like the problem is, and the problem is with it, lads, is like they haven't even given themselves the opportunity to mm. defend themselves. Yes, well, last night was the perfect platform for it. It was a perfect opportunity. Get Bill on on the on the screen or somebody who's mm. representative of Peak Six, preferably, um, to talk and take questions and answers from supporters and just show some bloody accountability for it because nobody's done that. They haven't like they've issued the odd like i think i think andrew um on your show here like the, he may, he referenced the letter that was issued a few weeks ago yeah and he said something along the lines of a, it, it looks like a nine-year-old wrote it yeah. and it did it did it's like, grammar yeah like it wasn't even the grammar was all wrong there was the, pun the punctuation was all wrong it just looked like something that you wouldn't wouldn't be fit to wipe yourself with basically you know what i mean it was just yeah but yesterday was just a very damning it was a very damning indictment of peak six yet again i should say and um, mm -hmm. everything that's been said the last two weeks have been very bad for them from a from a um publicity point of view the interview yeah. which which um which took place in one of the local papers the nicely and yes, it, yeah exactly and then, <laughs> <laughs> jesus christ and then um and then um then obviously there was the the, the let's be honest and pardon my language the absolute shit show of their lack of interest let's just say in the supporters club a supporters club which they or bill certainly has gone on record as saying he's behind and thinks it's yeah. great and it's all brilliant but unfortunately this has been a feature of peak six and bill it's like everything's great and everything's grand and i'm all behind us and then two days later they do something that absolutely contradicts that like, 100 there's, no there's no collaborative communication whatsoever like and they've shown absolutely zero interest in doing so so it's now time for the supporters to really get behind the supporters club and this is where we're really going to have to make ourselves known and like, make ourselves heard and hopefully drive things forward because it's very clear that the people in the states have absolutely no interest in driving this um, club forward anytime soon so something needs to change donald it, it, just to, to pick up some of the points there from Niall, like it, it's maybe it's a blessing in disguise that it, it, it opens up a lot of people's eyes about what this ownership actually feel about us fans but also about mobilizing ourselves like Niall said and maybe galvanizing fans together to realize if we want to make improvements in particular i'm thinking Niall, it was mentioned about oriel park and maybe future developments but also um i think 
things about inside the community, which we said that, you know, the, the current running of Dundalk Football Club has been completely neglected, this this local community. But actively, this, this group could do a lot better than this club ever has and really shame them into into working with the local community. And that's that's maybe what we should be focusing on. Yeah, I as soon as you started talking about this, I thought I started worrying about the, the curses because uh Niall mentioned the um the interview with uh with Bill and Bill's comments about the fans and then you see what the fans are actually like in the ground during the mm-hmm. game. Yeah. And it's like you hmm, you <laughs> have not been to a, a game of football in a long, long time. Um but you no know, like there's there's certain things that are like there's a lot of negatives from this season and there will be a lot of negatives when this is all said and done, but the biggest positive should be the supporters club. That should be the thing that the 2021 season is known for. And it should be a case of everybody who cares about the football club needs to get involved in this. And we've said this a bunch of times already that it's not just, it can't just be for something. It can't just be for the bad times. It can't just be for when things are in, uh, the shit, yeah. and um, we're like we're looking for someone to save us. It can't be that. It has to be like in good times and bad that this supporters club has to exist and has to function alongside the football club, and it has mm-hmm. to be able to do things like, uh, like Niall was mentioning before about the about trying to get stuff done in the community and trying to get some like fundraising events going, and all that kind of stuff that we could be doing and we should have been doing. I mean, we you think about like the um during lockdown when people weren't working and everybody had or everybody, a lot of people had more free time what we could have done around Oriel like we could have yeah. mobilized and gone in and painted something or just like just ourselves just clean the place up because we care about the football club and yeah. you know it it would be really really hard for for peak six or whoever to ignore the supporters club when that's what we're doing I think mm-hmm. part of I think part of what might have happened with Peak Six is that they somehow will associate this with a protest and that they will see this supporters group as us trying to get them out and us trying to fight against their ownership and against Bill. And it's really, really important that we show them that that's not what this is about. This is just for the betterment of the football club. And to bring bring, the supporters, the community back together and to create something what we really should be looking at now is create something really, really positive out of 2021, out of this season. Because I think we have the people that are willing to put time in, willing to put the effort in. And we just need to, like you said, we just need to mobilise them. Yeah. Um, Niall, just a a comment in there from Frank Carlin. I was actually going to bring it up anyway, was, you know, when we knew there was no representation from, I suppose, the owner is going to be there. The, the box seemed to get passed down through representatives within the club and it kind of fell then at Paddy Casey's door, which he decided to decline to turn up for whatever reasons he wants. Mm. But, you know, Frank raises a good point that, you know, technically Paddy Casey is works with the unit, which is an outside marketing company, actually not employed directly by Dundee Football Club. So, you know, what sort yeah. of crazy situation okay. would that have been? Look, that's if just. Paddy had to be there, and it would have been well. Look, I can't actually answer any of that. Yeah, like, like I don't know Paddy Casey personally. Um, I know he's a local businessman. Um, and Frank's comment there is 
definitely worth listening to. It's um like yeah, that was another thing at the meeting last night. Is like nobody in Peak Six or the ownership wants to take any accountability. So what we're going to do is we're going to just push Paddy Casey in front of mm-hmm. the fans and like and we've seen this on the letter before where they, where they name dropped Paddy and then Ailish as well. Yeah, you're kind of like, oh Ailish my God, Kelly you're was pushing people Ailish. out in front of the bus. Ailish Kelly was also mentioned in that letter, which yeah. I couldn't believe. Like I'm thinking, like you're pushing people who can't answer who can't answer these questions. So mm-hmm. the plan for them was to um put Paddy Casey in front of the supporters yesterday, 70 odd supporters to, yeah. to, to field questions that obviously he's not in a position to answer. Yeah. So it would have been even more sure. It just would have been it just would have added to the farce. Yeah. Like, I'm not sure what point and you know Paddy Casey is absolutely right not to do it because to decline. And I think he I think the word that was used was uncomfortable. He would have been uncomfortable and I'd be uncomfortable with something like that. Like, if I'm being asked to go in tomorrow with my job and say like oh you gotta take you gotta answer questions now about things that you had nothing to do with or aren't even employed with. Sure, of course you're gonna be uncomfortable. And it's just it just shows the kind of level of decision making that's been made. And I think even going back to the Shane Keegan um saga at the start of the year where he was kind of pushed out almost against his will to be the face of the coaching team. Yeah. Like this is just the kind of crap that's been going on all all season. And it's like we're not taking any accountability. No one's taking any accountability. Let's just push people who maybe aren't responsible for anything and let them carry the can essentially for Hmm. All this, this absolute, what well, has been a total mess of a situation, and there's no two ways about it. And like that was another thing that I just couldn't believe yesterday when I heard that. Yeah. Um, and like I don't know Paddy Casey at all, um, but I understand he is a local businessman um, who has. I think he, I understand he's a marketing consultant with the club, but that, but yeah. is not actually an employee of the Dock FC, um, as far as I know. And yeah. that is and it wouldn't really be his position even as a marketing consultant even if he was an employed marketing consultant it's not really his territory to be fielding questions um in relation to the actual ownership or running of the club over the last 18 months you know yeah um and just just when you actually touched on the point there um i suppose shane was in the news um at the end of last week oh my god lads this this was on the weekend wasn't it how long has this week been in between games oh my god um you know and, and he brought up a couple of points that i suppose he wanted to to address and, and a lot of them was you know one of the main ones was around the goalkeeping situation that he knew we were going into a season that we wouldn't didn't have adequate cover and you know he seemed to not be listened to at all on a lot of points it, it, there was flags back from then which he stated which was part of the reasons for him walking away and trying to do the honorable thing but it really was <laughs> it was right there for us all to see at the start and you know, it's it's madness when you think about it. Yeah, like that interview. And like I, I Shane's an absolute is, is is an absolute gent. Like Shane's always been mm-hmm. very good with the likes of myself, and he's always been good in that regard. And like I have a lot of time for Shane personally, and um, I think he's a, he's a good he's genuinely a good guy. And I think Shane did kind of leave with a bit of uh, nobility, I suppose at least. Um, I think Shane knew that this was a mess yeah. from the get go. Um and like the situation with the goalkeepers, like listening to him on off the ball there, it was just it was just it just you, you kind of got your head in your hands listening to it because you know obviously it's no secret that James Talbot was offered to the club at the start of the year. Um there was even talk that Gavin Bazunu possibly on loan could have been an option, mm-hmm. you know, at the start of the year. Um, albeit on a short term loan deal. But when you consider that two of those boys are now in the Iron Squad. Most recent Iron Squad and Gavin yeah. Bazunu has ripped it up as well, saving the Ronaldo penalty. 
and we've ended up with the options we've had as keegan put it um is slightly bizarre like uh, alicio like and i don't i i hate i really do hate like picking on one player and mm-hmm. one person more importantly because it's, it's it's not it's, it's not it's, it's not pleasant but um the guy has come in and he's just been like way way out of his depth like, completely like um he just, he just he's just not suited to league of Ireland yeah football and a, a red flag with Alicio, I think, would have been like the fact that if you look at the CV, he's pretty much had a club every, a different club every season. Which for an outfield player is enough for a red flag, but for a goalkeeper, it's absolute, you know, danger zone. Like there's obviously an issue yeah. here. Like you know, why has he not had a club for more than two seasons? That's kept him. Do you know what I mean? And I think we're, yeah. we probably very early on saw the reasons for that. He's just not a confident goalkeeper. And then obviously the whole thing, and it was brought up after the game as well. I think Dan McDonald might have brought it up, um, possibly tonight, um, about the medical department, the comments yeah, in relation to the medical to the medical department, and like that's been a situation I've referenced for for, for almost going go back to last season in one sense. It was like the, the fitness of the players has had really gone downhill. I thought mm. after COVID, um, in particular, and you know. And Vinny obviously is is obviously he sort of thunderstruck that like we've got all these injuries, but then Shane's putting it very simply. Well, when you take away your club doctor and physios and and basically decimate what was but a lot of background staff was all gone and, and yeah, you even look at the his assistant manager role at the moment. It's it's still a position that's unfilled. Like it's 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 like sometimes it's like Vinny trying to do this job with his hands tied behind his back. Like you, you what is what is what is. Well, this is the thing. Like Vinny said, I think one week into the job, um, it's like second time around, which is only a few. It seems like ten years ago now, but it's actually re- in reality only two months ago. Like, God. Um, he said like, um, and this is like when Liam Burns was still in it. Liam Burns, who was the community officer, by the way. Yeah. Um, I'm going to get back to that in a minute. But I think, um, look, Liam Burns was in there as a temporary measure until they got somebody to help Vinny out. And Vinny said himself, he's on record himself as saying to us. And one of the pressures, I need help. That's literally what he said. I need somebody to help me here because I can't do it all. And yet we're, what, three, four months into his reign and we're still here. No yeah. sign of it. Just going back to the Liam Burns thing. Liam Burns is the community officer at the football club. And that's his role. Mm-hmm. Um, and Liam Burns is a very, very good guy. I think Liam Burns has done tremendous work. Yeah. Um, but in relation to one of the big worries for a lot of people at the club, I'm sorry, supporters of the club, has been the lack of community engagement and lack of community links mm-hmm. um, with the club and the wider community. You actually wonder at some points, are they actually trolling the supporters when they're not hiring a coach to support Vinny? But what they're doing instead is they're taking the community officer out of his role. So any work that actually might have been done throughout COVID yeah. is now not being done. And you're putting them in the t- you're putting them in on the bench and I, I haven't spoken to Liam Burns about this. I don't know Liam Burns that well, mm-hmm. but I'm assuming against his will almost the same way Keegan was. And it's like, you're just throwing people in different positions. I'm not going to mention a name, but I actually spoke to a member of staff at the club um, a few weeks back. And I was, you know, coming into a game, I was asking them, oh, how you doing? Whatever. And I said, yeah, Niall, I'm doing grand, but I'm doing four jobs. He said, and none of them are mine. <laughs> and I was just thinking like, you know, this is where we are, like, and it's just. It's, and you probably weren't overly really surprised either, though. No, I wasn't. Not it didn't surprise me. You, you can only laugh because it's just yeah. you know what can you do, like, and going back to the medical department and 
the way some of the transfer policy and recruitment policy was done this year, but even stripping the medical department, it, it, it really is proper football manager stuff. Like when you're playing mm-hmm. football manager and you read, oh, I, do, I, I don't need a doctor. Like they're just, you know, I'm not going to use that. Or I'm yeah. not going to use a physio. Like, do you know what I mean? I just buy loads of players. Like. And this is literally how it's actually transpired. Like this is obviously what they actually thought like this is going to work. Like we, we don't need medical staff. Do you know what I mean? We don't need physios. It'll all be grand. And we're sitting here with an injury list the length of my arm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And I think people yeah, are posting I, up a, a, a starting 11 based on injured or unavailable players tonight. And it was a hell of a squad. Yeah. It was a team that would probably win the league. Do you know what I mean? If they're fit the whole season. And the problem we have at the moment is we've got players tonight even who are playing who are not even 75% fit. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Let alone 100 like, I don't think Sean Murray is fully there. Don't Dar- Dar- Lee, he certainly isn't fully there. Yep. Um, and that's a concern. And, like, obviously, Vinny's hands are tied. Like, what, what, what can he do? And, obviously, the COVID outbreak at the club this week hasn't really helped matters. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, I just, I just see a comment from Jerry Malone there, sorry. Like, there hasn't been, like, an, an award since 2014. And yep. he's right. Yeah, and that, that actually is absolutely spot on. And that's something that, hopefully, the sports club, club can, can reintroduce because... Exactly. Uh, and even under the Andy Connolly, Paul Brown ownership, that was something that just kind of died off. Like we had no, yeah. even in the glory years of the Stephen Kenny, we actually never had a player of the year or ceremony. Nobody was ever recognised for their efforts. The players never got an opportunity to mingle with supporters at the end of the yeah. season, really. So, yeah, that's a very good point from Jerry. And you know, I think, but like. That's where I think with all with, with all the community stuff that we just spoke about, I think that's where the support yeah. club maybe yeah, needs right. to step in and just if do. People can't stay to do their own job. If so, like if Liam Burns is essentially not being allowed to do, to do his job, mm-hmm. which is which is basically what happened. Like it's, this, this isn't Liam Burns' choice. Like he's not being allowed to do his job. Like, his yeah. job is community officer. Shane Keegan's job was initially opposition analyst. Like, do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Th- these are all the things that we're seeing. And why do we get rid of Giuseppe then? Giuseppe stayed on as a coach. At I, least it was another I, helping hand. Surely we should have held on to him. I'm actually not overly sure what the situation with Giuseppe was. I'm not sure if Giuseppe voluntarily left the club or possibly might have. I don't think I don't think Giuseppe was pushed out. I think he might have voluntarily just said, you know, mm. this has gone on too long now, and it's just enough's enough, basically. And um, Tempo di Andrade is that what it is in Italian? I don't know. I think so. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> um, yeah. Conjugate but, the verb. Can't get there. <laughs> but um, no, I, so I don't know. And in fairness, I, I haven't um, spoken to uh, uh, Giuseppe. And Giuseppe and Filippo, in fairness to the two boys, have been very responsive to everything I've asked them, in fairness. Mm-hmm. And they're, they're, they're also two gents. Like, um, for all the criticism that might come their way, like they are behind it all, there is people involved here who are nice people and just want to get on with things. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it's fair that someone like Liam Burns, for example, has been pushed in that role. I'm sure Liam Burns initially probably thought like, yeah, okay, temporarily, this this is okay. I got a, I'm, I was a good footballer. My he day, had under maybe. nineteen responsibilities as well. Yeah, I remember he did, he did, yeah. As I'm saying, and even and even going back, like Stephen McDonald, mm. and with, with with Jim Magilton, like you know, there was just, there was this whole rigmarole of the academy being brought in at the start of the year. And we're thinking this, and even I'm thinking this is brilliant. This is fantastic. There's going to be yeah. a bit of structure now with our youth, with our youth setup, like. And then mm-hmm. Stephen McDonald spending a good chunk of the season sitting there as Jim Magilton's number two. Mm. Meaning that the that the youth side, the youth academy side, of things isn't being done. Yeah, and like it's just like you, you don't really know what's going on, really. Like as I said, I was talking to somebody um, just last week about this, and I said, like, "Listen, the stuff we know, we know." But I say, if we knew the half, it we probably wouldn't go to bed at night. 
think you're right. <laughs> to be I honest, I think you're right, and, that, and that's just my that's just my instinct. Like, to be honest, yeah. And Donald, the other the other point that um, that Shane brought up, and and then it was addressed in the interview, was the contract situation. You know, Shane flagged that you know you you shouldn't have a whole clear out of a squad nearly at the start of a season and try to reassemble everything trying to cover in positions where you just let players go due to inadequate contracts or short-term thinking and you yeah. know and and then the letter you know the interview comes out last week we kind of uh, touched on it last week i mean it's just it's calamitous at this stage isn't it yeah and it's it's one of those things where like if if bill isn't actually making decisions i what i started to think about then was has he just made all this up in an interview and he's thinking that this is what is actually going on behind the scenes? Because what made me feel better, the one thing that made me feel better about the whole contract situation is the way Bill laid it out, it made it seem like this was a plan. That yeah. it didn't just fall asleep at the wheel. Like they were making these decisions consciously. That they were consciously saying, right, you're over a certain age, one year and an option. That's what you're getting. I was on. I kind of assumed that this was incompetence, that they just didn't know what they were doing. But when Bill says it's part of a plan, I'm like, okay, right, it's a horrendous, hideous, horrible plan. But at least it's a plan. I mean, I'm I'm fine with it being a horrendous plan that I don't agree with. I but now I'm like, is it the plan? Is Bill just? making stuff up as he goes along does he have any say in any of this at all or what on earth is happening anymore i, I just but that also goes back to brendan ogle's comments then you know that it seems that bill is the face of communication but he's not actually the decision maker so he's coming out saying by the way this is what we're doing what's the thinking behind it yeah and it would explain the non-joined up thinking behind what he said of saying like if somebody's 19 i'll give you a three-year contract if you're over 27, you're getting a year, but we're not going to let legends leave our club and we shouldn't let legends leave our club when like, none of these things add up to make any sense. No. And like, does he, like, does he know what he's, does he know what he's talking about? He, he doesn't. Yeah. Does but, he know? Yeah. But he doesn't know the ramifications of what he's, what yeah. he's is he like reading that? this off a sheet being like, these are the bullet points, get these points across because this is what we're trying to do. And he's just, scuffed them up somehow and mm. went off on a mad tangent at the end of one of them and started saying things he wasn't supposed to say. Yeah. It, like, Niall, it's fine saying we'll, we'll sign up 19-year-olds on long-term contracts if we're UCD. But this is, yeah, I know. And, <laughs> and I'm you're tied in with your college education, yeah. but we're not. And this, is, and this is the other thing, and I kind of, it kind of relates to what Donald's just kind of mentioned there um, about Bill, is because obviously, I, I, and I, I actually agree with Brendan, like, I don't think Bill is making all the shots here. I don't think, I just don't think that's realistic. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Like, um, but like, I think, like, what's what I'm starting to think is like, you know, in relation in 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 relation to the interview, um, in the Argus, um, I think that what <laughs> where and I think um, I think um, but I think you made a point there, Donald. Like, does he know what he's actually talking about? Is he just regurgitating stuff that he thinks is right? Hmm. Could this be, could the interview be the reason why he was pulled from the the Zoom yesterday? Is there a reason why they don't want Bill Hull's eyes are talking to supporters or talking to... Well, then you can't the have him as chairman then. Yeah, exactly. So 
is there yeah. that's what I'm thinking, but I'm starting to think my thoughts go my my thoughts going home last night where is this a thing now where they're just sitting there and making the decision at boardroom level, look, we cannot have this man talking to the general public mm. about anything. Because, you know, let's which, be which I would I mean, be in defense of my own father if I thought the people were going to be attacking him. I would feel the exact yeah. same thing. But so therefore, I, I would not put him into the firing line of a scenario like this. Exactly. Exactly. And the point is, like, and that was something that Brendan mentioned from Brendan's correspondence. Bill is fully aware that he's not popular. He's yeah. fully aware of this, like, that he's not a popular, that he's not a popular man in the dog. Like. Um, but is there is there a reason behind the fact that they do not want him talking to the general public because of what he might waffle on about, what he might say? Because let's be honest, everything he said is just utter nonsense. Like. Yeah, it's just utter. It's total nonsense. Like. Do you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Let's just get let's just get it right. Like. Because yeah. that's all it is. Like I read the interview, and I actually I'm not being smart. I I, I struggled to finish it like because I think um, Andrew had some choice it's, words it's for a bit of ramblings, week. isn't it? It's incoherent. Um, it's quite rambly. It's yeah, I, I think I think I think I think incoherent's a good word for it because that's pretty much what it was. It was just hmm. incoherent. Like James obviously done the interview, um, and as somebody who does a similar job to James, like I can only imagine transcribing it like on paper. Because to me, I'd just be like, I'm not printing this. Like I I, I can't. Like I, I I actually I'd be getting a headache even just typing up what he's saying. <laughs> because because <laughs> believe you and me, that's a tedious bloody side of the oh, this job. Do you know what I mean? At the best times, and if I was typing up, and I don't know how long and um, James was on the phone to, um, Bill for, but I can only imagine what was cut from the actual final, um, newspaper article if that's the stuff that was put in. Like, um, it's it's just it's it's, it's mind boggling. It's absolutely yeah. mind boggling. Well, look, before we go rambling on any further, lads, about the club and everything, this is meant to be an optimistic night, lads. What have you done to me? What have you done to me? <laughs> It's, it's nearly <laughs> one o'clock and we're still rambling. Um, look, we had a good bit in tonight, like I mentioned, for Man of the Match. Uh, Donald, I'll come to you first. We better give away a pizza because I completely forgot last week. Yeah. Um, I So, yeah, it, this is the first time, I think, in a while. Well, obviously, it's the first time in a while. There's a good few contenders. Um, mm. I We've spoken about a few of them. I think uh, a special mention... I'm going to give a special mention to uh, Sean Murray, who mm-hmm. I thought was going to go off injured after about 15 minutes. He seemed to have some sort of hip problem. And I, if if you had told me at that stage, I would have, at the end of 120 minutes, been praising his energy for getting up and down the pitch. I I would have I would have just not listened to you. But um, I thought he was great. Like, uh, absolutely out on his feet. And um, just kept going and going and going. Um, and he's had criticism, like he's had, like everybody's had criticism, but he has had a yeah. fair bit of criticism, and that was a great performance. So it needs to be called out. Um, but I mean, where do you want your statue, Pat Hooven? That's what we should be asking. <laughs> it's uh, <laughs> Pat Hooven, man of the match. Sure, like I mean, I, like like I said, there's so many candidates, but for me, it has to be the Hoovenera. Yeah. No, I. I yeah, I'd agree with a lot of what Donald said there. I think Sean Murray does deserve a special mention. I thought he had a fantastic game in um, in that number, sort of that attacking midfield role. Like um, Mayowa, for me, has to get a special mention. Thought mm-hmm. he was absolutely superb. I obviously, was nervy at the beginning, as I've mentioned, but thought for a young boy of seventeen, just really, really grew into it, and like he was nearly playing like bloody Franz Beckenbauer t- t- towards the end of the game. Like it was just. <laughs> yeah. It was fantastic. It was fant- it was fantastic to see, and the co- it's just amazing. Confidence is an amazing thing, like in life, yeah. not just in football. Though. But um, 
Peter Cherry gets a special mention for me. I thought, yeah, just a you know, bit from him tonight. To be as, fair, I think, as, I think as somebody just like the two, the two lads, like the two of ye, has who's watched absolutely cat- catastrophic goalkeeping all season. To see a goalkeeper actually doing the simple things was a nice treat. Yeah, but yeah. I just think they're yeah, great to see a keeper catch and not constantly just flapping crosses for a change. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's the small things much, though, like you know, pretty much this. And I thought even the way he commanded things, and like you said, Chris, like even the way he was shouting and commanding his defense was just something we haven't seen all season mm-hmm. in reality. But I have to agree with Donal. I think you know Patrick Hoban. It was just the complete performance. Um, had everything. It was like an old fashioned. It was like Steve Bull in the old FA Cups. You know what I mean? It was just <laughs> everything about it. Like, um, I just thought it was a proper, proper cup tie performance. Um, and I just think he had has to be man to man. I'd love to give it to uh, Mayoa, personally. But I just think mm. Patrick Hoban... And any other night, I'd be giving this to Mayoa. I'm just going to put that out yeah. now. But yeah. I think Patrick Hoban was just absolutely... He was out of this world tonight. And even yeah. the penalty, it was a great penalty because Jared already done well. Like, you know, he, it was, he guessed right. Mm-hmm. And Jared Dory is a, is a bloody good goalkeeper. And yeah. that's how you know it's a good penalty. When you're getting it right and the goal is a full stretch and it's still going in there. And I just think he was just, he was on fire tonight. And he just, he was taking no nonsense from Harps defence, either from Siddiqui or Webster. He was just having none of it. And I just thought, and the fan, the crowd got behind him. I just thought it was just yeah. complete. It was the complete yeah. performance. From I, think, I think you nearly could have given it to the crowd as well. The amount of people they had said, yes. you know, yeah. just the, the atmosphere created for from the flares to everything that they went on tonight the encouragement perhaps the, the early goal for harps kind of just kicked it the atmosphere into action as well you know it's it's amazing yeah. what 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 i can have do you know i'm nearly that that i'm nearly tempted to give this to damian mcgurk for just having the audacity to say it my ao for for man of the match on that yeah because like i said you 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 wouldn't have thought that when, when he first said that he would be anywhere near to put in a performance like that. So, so for the ballsy alone for, for putting them, I'm actually going to give the pizza to Damien McGurk tonight, if that's all right, for for um, for, for nominating and, and putting them out there. But look, it could have gone to, like I say, about any players or anything like this. And it, 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 I know I'm technically I'm not giving it to someone who's picked Huben for his performance. He would be my man of the match as well. But like I said, we were, we're talking about special mentions there. And, and that's someone who... Could have had a rocky night with two big, you know, strikers, physical, all over him tonight. And I just thought he, he showed a lot of maturity um, in his performance tonight. And then um, I also like the Carlton Palmer reference, lads. That stuck with me now. Every time I see him play, I think of Carlton Palmer now. So that's... <laughs> you got Carlton Palmer and Steve Bull in this podcast. Like, yeah. Quickly, Kevin. This is going to be like the... Yeah, uh, we're going to go to a 90s football podcast next. It's going to be amazing. <laughs> what was your... What was your um, you, you had a reference for um, Man City last week, or was it? Oh, that was Alan Ball. That was that Alan was Ball, old, yeah. like, old proper. Old way that. Awesome that yeah. Oh, jeez, I heard that one last week. It was brilliant. It was brilliant. I bet. I bet. I bet. I bet not say it to Vinny though. No, yeah. definitely. <laughs> uh, definitely not. Um, just before we wrapped it, Nyla, just a couple of people had asked if there was if you had heard anything about any possible new contracts for, for anything up there is, is all quiet, I suppose, on that still at the moment. Yeah, I just see Tieran's question there, yeah. Um, Vinny, we, Vinny was asked this um, a few weeks ago, um, interestingly, and he was adamant that, you know, players will be kept on that are currently in the squad, and he didn't really say who those players were going to be. Um, I don't really know what to make of that. He's referenced that the likes of Ben Amar is a sign for the future, he said. That maybe insinuates that he could be here next season. Um, Personally, I've heard nothing 
I'm not gonna I'm not going to like um pretend I know what's going on there because I don't. Mm-hmm. Um all I know is that Vinny has claimed at least that you know it's not going to be a total clear out the way maybe we're kind of imagining it could be. Um but the simple answer to that is I don't think anybody really knows um what the situation is at the minute. And I don't think there, I don't think there's been any movement on contracts as such. Maybe there's been some initial nego- ne- uh, negotiations with um some players, but I doubt they've gone any further than that at the minute. And I think, to be honest, like the way the club's been run at the minute, I think the priority probably would be just to kind of get through the next 10 games. My, my, my suspicion is that a lot of the players might be already talking to other clubs. Like, you know, there's all sorts of rumors yeah. floating about. Some some are true, some maybe are wide of the mark. Um, mm-hmm. But my suspicion is some of the players are talking to other clubs. That's naturally going to come with the territory of the instability we have. But um, yeah, unfortunately, I, I, w- I wouldn't have any updates on that at the moment. Would, you, um, would it be, I, I suppose, would you expect that maybe some of the um, of the imports that we brought in this year, you would think that they may return to European football elsewhere? Yeah, like so I understand some of those players had the option of a second year, but that's on the basis if they want to take it up. I don't think some of them will. Some of them might. Mm. I don't know. Maybe some of them like the rich tapestry that is Dundalk. Like, you know what I mean? I don't know. Do you know what I mean? And and, and all its glory. Yeah, Ridley's like, going to be reopening. Yeah, I'm just. I love the harp. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if Darren Mansaran is still around, but maybe. <laughs> Darren Mansaran, I love him. We could, we could, he 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 loved a bit of a, a, a nightclub and like, but I think um, yeah, I don't know. Like some of the players, I think it's fair to say probably haven't settled. Like, and it's tough as well. We have to understand that as well. Like, it's 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 not easy to come to a place like Dundalk. If like, you look at Han for talk's sake, like, mm-hmm. um, coming from South Korea, which is. Even though it's not massive in terms of landmass, it's a, it's a lot more populated than the likes of Ireland. And going to like a place like Dundalk would be like rural as far as they as far as Han would be concerned, I imagine. And some of the other lads have come in as well. Like um, so it's different for them. And and some of them have struggled. There's no doubt about that. And yeah. we talk we saw Kolovich struggling last year as well. So I, I I'd be surprised to be personally honest. If you're asking me, and I don't know, I'm not going to um act like I know what's happening there. But I personally would be surprised if any of the foreign players. And um, we're here next season. I, I'd like to think there could be an option for maybe so, like some of them, like Jarkovs, because I thought had a good start to the season. Yeah, he's kind of petered out a little bit. But you know, I, but like I don't know. I, I, my suspicion would be was is, is is that the um the the import players might might just move on at the end of the season mm. would be my best guess. But I, I think it is as a guess at the minute. I, I've, I've a funny feeling a lot of this Niall probably also hangs on potential. Um, sale of the club you mean you're not going to offer new contracts if you could be moving the asset on the only yeah. thing you own at this club as we all know is because we don't own a ground it's it's the players that you have most new owners will probably want to come up with a clean slate for themselves and see yeah, who, but, who who they want to pay wages to next year and, and you can but understand think, that but I think also like unfortunately and like this is again down to PXX this is just the way it's gone like these contracts in reality should have been sorted out ages ago if they were going to be sorted out yeah but the point the problem we have now is that we're now in a situation where it probably wouldn't be logical to offer contracts because we are facing the very real possibility of a relegation so you're not going to yeah. offer say for argument's sake Zahibo the money he's on now again next season with the possibility of us being in the first division so yeah. they aren't even in a position now where they can offer contracts in 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 reality because of the overlooming threat of the first division so yeah but that's on Pixix. These things should have been sorted out, you know, quite a long time ago. 
In fact, they probably shouldn't have one-year deals to begin with. Certainly the established players, that yeah. is. Yeah. Well, anything tees us up even better for the upcoming fixtures. <laughs> um, you know, Friday, Monday, Friday again, puts even more pressure onto them for it. Um, look, lads, we're rambling into the small hours of the morning. Um, so I want to just thank both of you for, for jumping on. Niall, thanks so much for, for coming no. in after the game tonight, no after your, your media work. Donald, no thanks problem. for having a can with us tonight. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> Anytime. Anytime. <laughs> um, do, we, do we dare to believe Dundalk for the cup? Look, at this stage, who knows? I think, Niall, you've just said there that probably the, the bigger thing we need to be looking at is league survival let's let's stay clear and and get some points on the board that's you know friday is probably more important than than this win tonight but look we got to put ourselves in the position for it so for everyone who commented in tonight we just want to say thanks so much it's very late show for us than we normally would do so look thanks everybody for sticking with us thanks for listening later on gents thanks again and until friday where we go again thanks gents <laughs>